1: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. Lady Adrian of House
2: Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin
1: is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson.
2: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And
1: I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Sansa Seven of A Clash of Kings. And in our Raven, we will be talking about the Un-Kiss.
2: Yeah, Ez, uh, interesting chapter we have here today. Um, you know, this kind of actually extends our theme a little bit. In these, uh, another short chapter, which we've been on in this whole battle of the Blackwater. But uh, this chapter, you know, is one that people often refer to and say, Is Sansa really an unreliable narrator? Well, last week we were questioning Tyrion as an unreliable narrator, which doesn't get as much sort of traction or less. Um, it's a little more fringe out there that people are saying, Well, is Tyrion an unreliable narrator? Maybe. But here we have a chapter in which everyone, the general consensus is that Sansa's telling of these events is in fact unreliable so can we say that Tyrion last week you know if you start to question his should we look at his a little bit further so this is the this is really a chapter where if we have an unreliable narrator I think we got to start challenging quite a bit more uh
1: yeah for sure for sure and is what's the reason behind the character being like there's levels of of unreliability and stuff like that so I guess we'll, we'll talk about it later on but I mean there's going to be a reason behind it and a reason to do it. And that's what George says. There is a meaning to this and it will, it will come up later and we'll get there. But I, he said that years ago and we just want the next book, man. We don't, e-
2: even if you Sir, forget this thread, George, it's okay. We just give us the next book. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. So that's what we'll be taking a look today at our sort of main chapter. So as uh, now that we are going to get going here, man, how you doing? You're still over in Germany. How's everything going over there?
1: uh yeah it's going well uh it is you might i'm recording right next to a balcony so you might hear the rain uh as it, it has just started to rain here quite a bit it's been great man and if you look at the video version you can see i've got kind of a little new setup in here you might see a couple cats walking around uh it's 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 a little
2: it's a little what's different. the german word for cat
1: i oh i'm embarrassed to say i uh i don't know Nine meaning no, I have no idea. Uh, oh, okay, if, <laughs> I, I know a few. I know a few German words. Like if you want to say something's really good, you could say like if you want to say it's good, you say it's gut. It's gut. Yeah. If you want to say it's really good, you say it's sehr gut. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and that's about all I know, and I think that's all you need to know. You just say to people all the time zägut, zägut, and they're like, yeah, "Press they, guy, and they, he's they, fluent." And they get it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <He's fluent>. perfect. <laughs> yeah so but right, yeah man, i'm I, I, I'm great how have you been man
2: what's going on i'm good i feel like not quite a lot has really been going on over here we've got another sort of record heat wave here in portland um rather 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 hot outside i'm hoping we don't get any more wildfires anything like that everything so far so good uh the uh, zagoot uh right is that <laughs> yeah, that's this, right. there we
1: go <laughs>
2: zagoot zagoot <laughs> there we go um <laughs> so everyone's like okay all right well here we go now this is a german podcast um no but uh, i've been watching the olympics olympics are still going on usa holding strong uh with the with the medals. Medal lead we no longer have the most gold medals but that's okay uh so yeah i've been watching that we've been dominating swimming you know we were talking yeah. about that why are we it just seems weird right you know the, i guess we're just really good swimmers here in the united states so just what we, that's just what we do i man. suck at swimming
1: I got to flying fish in YMCA swimming school and there I never was got past tadpole tadpole. Dude, I was so proud <laughs> to get to flying fish. Let me tell you, uh, there were levels after that porpoise, dolphin, blue whale. Shark. I was like, who wants to get to blue whale? Is that really? The you know, best we probably
2: swimming? had, you know, you and I probably much long before as and I really knew who each other were because we did. It was like all of all of Knox County, Ohio, went to swimming lessons together like third grade yeah 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 yes we probably went to swimming lessons together you were probably in one of the lanes over there struggling and i was you know i was i'm kidding i was struggling (laughs) Flying. oh i yeah i was i was not very good literally i jumped right in and they're like. polywog get him polywag. down I mean <laughs> 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 oh, those were the names That's it's funny. like I haven't even I haven't even started yet they're like yeah, yeah Polly's a polywog. good guy and I if moved you... up to, I moved up to Tadpole
1: Matt if you could look back on our lives and we we somehow found out that we were like in like first second third grade it changing in the same YMCA locker room two I lanes know. away from each other it, that kind of stuff you know
2: there because uh, there were crossovers sometimes where it's like the whole county because you know my graduating oh, yeah. class if I had stayed at that school would have been like 42 I think it was. I think it was like forty-two or forty-eight. Yeah. Uh, good old, good old little East Knox.
1: Oh yeah. Go 100%. Bulldogs.
2: Yeah. You know, Dogs. Go <laughs> Bulldogs. So. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, but then as and I went to went to high school and stuff together. But yeah, well, I think we did because you know there was a crossover there. We and then there was definitely some field trips that were like crossover Knox County, Ohio field trips, and then as and I met in high school. But yeah. Probably, man. Maybe we. we pro- what if we? I mean, who would have known? If you go back, maybe we said something to each other, or something. M- maybe ah, we're, uh, we're walking. We're walking into the locker we room. Might have been and, best swimming. Might have been the best swimming dude, class friends, and we, we never we, knew it. Yeah, it,
1: and you're sitting there, and you're like, "I like your swimming trunks," you know. And it like made my day. And I went on. And I, right. I it actually helped me get through polywog and onto tag. What if I helped? What if I fish. helped?
2: You, you know, you have to. Whatever. It's crazy. That is crazy to think about. So. It's crazy, crazy. As has got some I got is the, earthquake over there. There's freaking cat attack. If you guys ever want to watch a
1: funny episode of Bend the Knee, come watch this episode uh, over on, on the over on, on Patreon, Patreon on the, because uh, cats are yeah, attacking.
2: Yeah, we do. You, yeah, you do. You do get video versions over there. Well, alright, as you know, we broadcast my friend from uh globally here. This is international, international okay? podcast now, buddy. Inter inner international podcast. But you know what? Also, we like to talk to people across the globe and across the galaxy. Okay. All the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube? Problem, okay? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with your performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FAN sided 20 okay as the lawnmower 4.0 it also has a four hundred thousand k led spotlight which you can turn off and on when it needed for more precise shave through your travels across the universe that's freaking bright that is bright and let me tell you i don't know the, the nice
1: thing about the lights is there's an on and off switch Okay, so you might not want to see everything that's down there. You might want to just hit it with a quick trim and then turn the lights on for a fine tune, if that makes sense. Okay, but either way, the trimmer is is ridiculous. I have this stuff, by the way. I have this product. Okay, I'm going to say speaking from experience here and let me tell you in the 4.0 package, you do get the lawnmower, you get the trimmer, all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, one of the things that's been game changer, the ball deodorant, that stuff is real that is real and it's good and it's in the package and I'm telling you ladies men whatever I would buy it I would buy it for uh, a friend I would buy it for yourself uh I think mm-hmm. it's legit so yeah you know, we do these reads and then I'm looking at this and I get the pack I get the whole thing and you try it out and let me just say this it's um yeah it feels like zero gravity you know what I mean
2: yeah absolutely hey it's much better to be a hedge knight when the hedges are trimmed okay <laughs> the whacker on the wall. The shears that guard the realms of men. So be sure to get your 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided 20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided 20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond your space balls, Will, thank you. Oh, so, my gosh. As you know... Um, where we're at with the news here, there's not, uh, we're in another lull here. Uh, no really sort of big Game of Thrones news coming out. Uh, sort of recently, anxiously awaiting House of the Dragon. Um, nothing really sort of going on there. No new winds of winter news, but uh, I will say I've I've done a little bit of digging, a little bit more I did in my rereads and my travels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually ahead a little bit into next week's chapter feels good to get back to Daenerys. And man, just some stuff that we're going to be talking about next week. Just I know I don't want to skip too far ahead here, but, you know, we're talking about the song. Daenerys is talking about the song of ice and fire. I know. Yeah. The literal song of ice and fire. Like, I feel like in the books when the actual line like
1: a song of ice and fire or like swearing by ice and fire as the reads do is mentioned, we should pay great attention to that because... That's what the whole series is about. We say A Game of Thrones, that's the first book, but it's a song of ice and fire, right? Is that Rhaegar's song? Is that an ancient song? Is that just some, you know, it, I don't Is it's, it's not Jenny's song, is it? I mean, is, it's a song of ice and fire. Is it an actual song that we're going to hear, uh, or is it just some metaphor, symbolism, whatever, in, in
2: Westeros, Essos, etc.? But, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's another line in that chapter. And again, we'll talk about this more next week. But again, I'm just we're just just speculating here yeah. uh, where she's talking about seeing Rhaegar mm-hmm. with a young woman and a babe. And I'm just thinking wow, you but know, they go they go on to talk about, well, that's got to be Aegon. Is it though? You know, is and they it? say it is. His name is Aegon. Yeah, but is it really supposed to be Jon? So just interesting stuff.
1: And it's crazy because you know, you have a young woman. You could go back and say, um, Elia, when she was young, mm-hmm. gave birth to Aegon." Okay, there's there's a young woman. Or Lyanna gave birth to who? And everyone's like, All right, "This is done and over, Srezra. It's it's John." But uh, John and who else? There's a twin birth here, my friends. There's something. That's something too. You know, if you're like some of those other YouTube channels that we we kind of follow and we we watch in those theories. Like, if you want to buy into it's not John or you think it's it's someone else besides John, why don't you – I'm talking about the R plus L equals J theory, right? Why not just throw out the – I would really hyper-focus on the twin thing and just say there was twins and they were mm-hmm. separated. And that's where you get Septa Lamore, you get the whole thing and, and whatnot. And that would be um, radical. A twin birth is, is interesting to me, which it takes us back to last week's thing, which is a Luke Skywalker situation. He has a twin sister. I've never, I, that ever since I've thought, and I, I reread that, that whole Theon situation where uh, they talk about Jon Snow's parents and and stuff like that, and it's like, well, if he has a Luke Skywalker situation, that's either something with his father or he has a twin sister, okay?
2: Obi-Wan, why didn't you tell me? I know. You I know. I know. Awesome. All right, Ez. Uh, well, I think that's sort of it. Uh, for sort of news catching up, there's nothing really big. I just went and looked. The only thing George is up to, he's talking about maybe attending or not attending some sort of fantasy author thing in November. I was just I was just searching it up there. So no new winds of winter news, you know. Yeah, what we do... Yeah.
1: What we need to do, and we need to announce this on on Facebook. We need to pick our our next Bannerman hangout is coming up soon. We can just pick um, Friday or Saturday for that. You guys can come hang out in Germany if you'd like. I'd love to kind of do that with folks. So Matt's whipping eyes his calendar right now. Also, while he's doing that, um, if you get a chance, send us a message. Send us a raven, uh, or send Matt and I a, a message on social media if you'd like. But we're thinking about change. We're getting towards the end of Clash of Kings. And Matt and I, uh, as you know, we're with the Fan Sighted, uh Network. We're with Minute Media now, and we've been working with them. Winter is coming. We're going to be referencing a lot of their articles now in the show and just talking about some of the cool things that we're reading over there, news, speculation, whatnot. Uh, and we also always read your guys' theories. But we've thought about format changes to the show for uh, Storm of Swords and the amount of chapters we cover, the amount of – Um, Do we bring back follow-up Friday? One of the things we've really thought about doing, and I've highly considered it, is bringing back follow-up Friday, bringing back some Mm -hmm. of the fire, okay? Because Mm -hmm. we just got, uh, if you can't tell, like Sir Matt and I could sit here and you drop a little nugget, a little baked Martin on us, uh, or you want to talk about alternatives to who could John's twin brother or twin sister be, we will go... We'll wrap ourselves in in this intricate web that we can't get out of uh, for entertainment, okay? Because we love talking about that kind of stuff, and we'll talk in circles until we don't even remember what we've said. But we like doing that, and Follow Up Friday always provided a chance for us to do that, where you push us to um, dance and to feast, and you take us to places, you know, going – looking at the green grace uh, over over in marine looking at some stuff that's happening with Danny Cerberus and Selmy and Tyrion and him you know his whole arc uh, working towards Daenerys and Marwyn the Mage and so on we could do those things again so i guess i want to get your guys's feedback and i really really want to know uh, and that's what i'm bringing up at the beginning of the show would you like that would you like to have follow up friday come back maybe not even every friday but like two fridays a month or something You know, just a little something extra because we kind of are leaning towards thinking that that Mm -hmm. would be fun. And we just really need Ravens and and, or even just a comment on YouTube. And we just can run with absolutely
2: or specific theories or just what you guys anything and everything. It can literally be as simple as one line. Hey, like talk about like last week it was, hey, can you guys do a video on Mance? Yes, we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. There you go. And we turned it into an entire segment of, of, uh, of, of the show. So there, it can literally just be a character question. Hey, this person says this one line and this thing like elaborate. Yes. As and I absolutely can. So as, all right, here's the, I'm looking at the calendar here. I'm thinking maybe um, we could either do the Friday, August 20th or Saturday, the 21st. Now you're in Germany, which is nine hours ahead of where I am, which is West coast time in oh. the United States Um, so we do need to kind of, it might be different days for you. Um, oh, I could do it early in the morning
1: thing when you guys are late at night. Let me tell I'll pull a Liam on us. Okay. Maglam. I, you know, if Australia can do it, I can do it. Okay. Right. Okay. So
2: maybe perhaps we do that. What if we did that Saturday? Um, we started maybe, uh, what would, what time is it there right now? We're recording on a Uh, Sunday. It's it's almost 10 o'clock
1: at night. Yes, nine hour difference nine hour exactly between me and you
2: okay so what if we do hmm I guess I'm trying to I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to think here I mean I'll get up at six o'clock in the morning that's nine o'clock do what at, we did yeah well,
1: well I'll, start, problem I'll, I'll pour is the, the ale. Pro- they drink it hey you know me let me tell you something right now in Germany I told you guys this last episode they drink beer and they pump they pump weights baby that's what they do okay it's awesome.
2: So let's, okay, so let's do, do, well, I guess if we do, if I'm trying to think here, but let's do that Saturday. Okay. And yeah. then uh, I guess I'm just trying to, think. it might be, end up being late, late for you, like one in the morning, but it would be a decent time for people who live on the East coast. And it'd be early for me who lives on the West coast.
1: Yeah. So that would be the 21st. Yeah. 21st. Yeah, so what time – give me an East Coast – or give me a, a West Coast time. When a West start? Coast time? So
2: it's almost 1 p.m. for me, and it's how late for you, 10?
1: Uh, Yeah, that would be 10 o'clock.
2: Well, I would make it – so that would make it – it's 1, so make it 4 East Coast time. On a Friday or Saturday? You said Saturday? So, let's, so if we started now-ish. Yeah. It would be – Oh, let's so do it. Be, so 4 p.m. Eastern – 1 p.m pacific time 10 p.m german time yeah i like it what time zone are you in
1: german time zone well okay i don't know they
2: probably they probably fall in line with other european countries we have people who are on those zoom hangouts that live in the united kingdom and who live in ireland right sure yeah for sure two different countries apparently right so uh, let me go in Australia so that's that's going to be it so the 21st August there's your time zones you're 1 p.m. Pacific 4 p.m. Eastern 10 p.m. German and you can calculate the rest there you go <laughs> well done <laughs> on the fly good Yes, ab, absolute, absolutely here. So, okay, as well, we're about to dive into uh, the reread here, but um, we're going to take a brief moment uh, to take a listen from our sponsors here. So, all right, as with the reread this week, we are into um, Sansa Seven of A Clash of Kings. Sir Lancel curses Cersei for calling her son back inside the holdfast while the king's presence might have rallied the troops. He claims all is lost and Cersei leaves the room. Sansa watches as Lancel falls to his knees, several uh, severely injured. She attempts to calm uh, Cersei's guest and orders others to help Lancel receive medical care. Dantos persuades her to lock herself in her room, and when Sansa arrives at her chambers, she finds Sandor Clegane hiding in the shadows. The Hound, drunk and battered from the fighting, tells her he lost and that he should have killed Tyrion years ago. Uh, Sandor claims he is leaving King's Landing, maybe to head north somewhere. Clegane forces her to look at him and then tells her, I could keep you safe. No one would hurt you again, or I'd kill them. Sandor then asks uh, that she sing for him as she promised she would. She is too frightened to remember the words of the song he wants and can only sing the mother's hymn. After that, some instincts make her cup his cheek with her fingers and she can feel tears on his cheeks. Sandor strips off his white cloak and leaves the room. Later, Dantos returns to bring Heard the news of the battle, that the battle is over. King's Landing has been saved by the Tyrells and Lord Tywin and all their men. Lord Tywin held the right wing, Lord Randall Tarly the center, and Mace Tyrell commanded the left. Yet it was the vanguard that won the battle. Some say led by the ghost of King Renly, who slew Guyard Morrigan in single combat and then of course uh, this will tie into our Raven uh, later which we'll talk a little bit more after this chapter which will be the Unkiss which is an event where Cersei or excuse me Sansa remembers this chapter a little bit you know differently as here here in the future so that's so we'll talk about that we'll talk about obviously a little bit in the chapter but it's more so going to be saved for our Raven here so we start this chapter right uh, when Sir Lancel Lannister told the queen, that the battle was lost, she turned her empty wine cup in her hands and said, tell my brother, sir. Her voice was distant, as if the news were of no great interest to her. Your brother's likely dead. Sir Lancel's surcoat was soaked with his blood, seeping out under his arm. When he arrived in the hall, the sight of him had made some of the guests scream. He was on the bridge of boats when it broke apart, we think. Sir Mandan's likely gone as well, and no one can find the hound. Gods be damned. Cersei, why did you have to fetch... Joffrey back to the castle. The gold cloaks are throwing down their spears and running, hundreds of them. When they saw the kings leaving, they lost all heart. The whole Blackwater is awash with wrecks and fire and corpses, but we could have held if Osni Kettleback uh, pushed past him. There's fighting on both sides of the river now, your grace. It may be that some of Stannis's lords are fighting each other. No one's sure. It's all confused over there. The hound's gone. No one knows where. And Sir Balin's fallen back inside the city. The riverside's theirs. So they're ramming the king's gate again. And Sir Lancel's right. Your men are deserting the walls and killing their own officers. There's mobs at the Iron Gate uh, and the gate of gods uh, fighting to get out. And Flea Bottom's one great drunken riot so then sansa goes on to say gods be good sansa thought it's happening joffrey lost his head and so have i she begins looking for ellen Payne, but the king's justice was not seen she's like i can feel him though he's close i'll not escape him he'll have my head
1: man so chaos again and they don't know what's happening, the fighting that they think, and that's, we now know, no, it's a reread, we know, the fighting that they hear, that might be some fighting between Stannis and his men, it's really the ghost of Renly, alright, and it's, it's the Tyrells, um, they're bearing down, and they're still pissed about all the stuff that happened to Renly, and they were going to be marching on King's Landing, had all this glory, I kind of think that was an easy sell for Littlefinger, I, I, I think, I mean, like, stannis did you wrong you know something dark went down renly your king was killed and they didn't throw themselves behind stannis a lot of other people did but they did not they were the major hosts there and now here we have them marching towards the city and you've got the ghost of renly um out there doing his thing somebody's wearing renly's armor right uh running around in the vanguard by the way in the middle of it in the heat of it winning all of the honor and all of that stuff and that Person, okay, would be fired up and pissed about losing Renly, pissed enough and upset that they want to make a memorable kind of impression and do something almost in his honor. You know what I mean? So, and I'm Loras, right? Mm-hmm. Loras is is that guy? Okay. <clears throat> but that's the that's the chaos and the in the confusion that we're hearing that there the remnants of this idea that there's some type of battle taking place out there and there's confusion. The real story doesn't get to the queen and there's still, Lance L thinks we're in a dire situation. He's falling to his knees, essentially saying, cursing Cersei because she pulled her son back inside.
2: So... Yeah, and then you have Sansa having all of this internal dialogue, too, of ill and pain. And again, this is this is not just one chapter. We sort of have to look at this in terms of its bigger arc, which starts with Davos goes and then go, is going back and forth between Tyrion. And, th- and the whole thing this entire time has been, again, we start with Davos. We get blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every, everything is getting blown up with the wildfire. Then we start cutting to Tyrion and things just get worse and worse and worse and we feel like we're going we're going to lose here um and now it's like everything's lost it's it's over but then the chapter sort of takes a turn and it's sort of interesting that it ends up just sort of out of nowhere being like hey we're going we're going to win we've won actually it's crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: it 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 is um uh, and dantes the fool is the one running around and kind of you know t- telling all of this and we're getting all of this from Sansa's perspective. You know so what's interesting about he brought up the Tyrion thing, unreliable narrator. We've got Sansa here in all of this chaos. What's real, what is not real? It's so hard to kind of tell because there's the mixture of did Dantos really show up and say this was Sir Ilan Payne uh, more present than we realize because of Sansa's mind we're seeing into her mind and she's just constantly feeling his presence and he's there and really maybe he was only there for a split second or maybe Cersei said something and he was like you know know I mean like the mind that we're looking through the lens that we're looking through is Cersei or uh, Sansa's mind and it can be a bit skewed or some things are amplified and some are dampened because of what's important or what's at stake or whatever so um yeah you're right she's now then going into the bedchamber where she meets the hound um is that how much of all of this is is true how much of this is is um important and we say this because a lot of people have brought up the unkissed theory they've talked about this before george has said there is something to it um and that she is and that when being asked about it and i don't have the direct like what convention it was that he was asked about he he always does the whole read and find out uh or at the you know at that time now it's wait until i finish the book and find out which is fine uh i say wait and finish it i'm never you know uh, mocking george because i love george okay um and i think he needs the, all the time in the world to finish this because it's intricate but sansa is going in here and he said that she's an unreliable narrator and at times sir matt they can be telling the truth and they can be the person that we rely on and they can also be that person that we don't trust because of their age or because of the situation and the context, like you could have a, it's all about, it's all about motivations. It's not even necessarily like you, you don't trust the younger children or those who are, um, not adults because you have poorly motivated adults who are doing things for their own gain for their own reason and saying things that are misleading, um, or misremembering things from their childhood. So anyways, I just, it's it's such a fascinating thing these batch of chapters to look at the what the chaos of battle can do and how it can distort the mind and how it can make you think about things differently or or whatever and george try he tries to write that And i'm just wondering how it's going to matter
2: why is it going to matter and play out later yeah yeah you know it's interesting there's a lot of there's so much confusion going on in this especially in these past two um these past two chapters now um as i guess one of the things i'm going to pull out from this chapter because i'm, I'm just sort of Thinking about it when you read them back to back like this, um, this the past chapter, Surmana Moore tries to kill Tyrion, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he's and then Pod sort of kills him mm-hmm. at that point in time. It seemed like all was lost, and then we go even further into the idea of all is lost. Mm-hmm what was the point if you're sir man and more because why would you waste time trying to kill Tyrion when everything we're seeing right now seems like i mean if what if tywin doesn't show up or even if he does you're talking about a a siege that's taking over a castle like you're not a hundred percent sure that like what's the difference of you trying to kill Tyrion or i see in this because now we have all this extra con all this extra context right here i mean from their perspective it's like hey joffrey just left the hound's gone um, right, right. No one can find Sir more, and until until the Tyrells and and Tywin show back up to save the city. I mean, it's like, hey, it, Sansa's freaking out about thinking about Sir Ellen Payne. And then you can go back just a little bit to that last chapter, just a few you know paragraphs ago, and it's like, well, what was really sort of the point of him trying to kill Tyrion? If now we have this new context to know, it might not even have mattered. You, well, what you, Tyrion might have died and you might have died.
1: That's the thing too is that like even if they like if they prevail if Joffrey's forces prevail which they do um then that's awesome but at the time what you're saying is at the time it's not every everything around them is like this doesn't look good until the right. ghost of Renly shows up stuff doesn't seem great Stannis still has a chance even though they were successful on the blackwater there's still a chance um, Sir Amanda Moore is 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 well equipped to think uh and to see ahead in the the, the forecast of this battle and to see that it maybe isn't gonna go in, in, in his in his favor. And I guess it's sort of like a coin toss almost for him. Like, I was paid to do this, I'm hired to do it, or I or it's personal. Maybe there's something more we talked about the connection that, that he has back to the veil. And how much Tyrion pissed the veil vale off, right? And Braun, uh, trial by combat, killing a friend of his, the whole thing. But also, is it someone, would there be more guarantee from Stannis or someone else? Like that, you just caused me to say, what, is there another person on the other side of this fight that would want to kill Tyrion? And what would that really accomplish? Deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially, like...
2: at, I'm just thinking at that specific moment, it feels like. Tyrion, you know it's, it feels like the perspective we're getting in the chapter of the past few handfuls of chapters is like it's all about to it's all about to lo- lose and we we see right now that Tyrion has just at least the way he describes it has killed a couple people so and if you're mad and more you would almost have to know that tywin's about to show up yeah In order in order to try to pull that off at that moment. But now we're just a little bit into this into the next chapter. And again, this is from somebody else's total perspective. And again, we're talking about a chapter that is now with the Sansa chapter and the Unkiss and everything that is later questioned by George. So could it actually be that? the things she's hearing might not be as bad as they as we think they are because she's freaking out about Sir Ellen Payne and she's thinking, he's coming for me. Is she hearing things about, like, well, Joffrey fell back and everything? Could it actually be a totally – could this whole chapter be totally subject where what she's hearing Lancel say might not even be true, right? It's sort of like when you hear a full conversation but you pick out specific pieces of it, of, you know, information. We see this in the politics and everything, right, where it's, hey, this politician says – this whole long thing but you pull out this one thing where they say this is going to be the new policy it's like no that's not that's not at all the case right it's the context of it um it's just so interesting to go back to just, just a few paragraphs which goes into the last chapter because now we're here hearing everything's gone we've lost now this chapter obviously ends with it and george is just taking us through this roller coaster sort of sort of uh emotions but i guess it's just sort of causing me to question what was the point right because they specifically say sir mandan's gone and why is of there's a there's a lot of other kingsguard members why is sir mandan more the one that's brought up the, hey we don't know where he is they don't say all the other kingsguard members are you know the other the other sort of kingsguard members are we know their whereabouts i mean they bring up the hound um but they don't bring yeah. up everybody else mm-hmm. right they don't bring up hey here's all these other sort of big generals and all these other people we know but they talk about hey sir Mandon, he's gone so that means that cersei would have had to have which we've already come to sort of establish right cersei specifically wanted reporting on him
1: yeah and so that's those are the big kind of contenders i mean you have you have cersei you have Littlefinger, um you have joffrey the, i mean the king's guard right if you if the king tells you to do something do it. I mean, right? I mean, if, if Joffrey right. says to... Do, that's one of the things that the Kingsguard is scolded about later. And it was like, why did you, you know, do the terrible things you did to Sansa, or why did you let um, some of the things that happened just under... While Joffrey was there, he commands the Kingsguard to do things that are dishonorable and unrespectable, uh, un, like dis, disrespectful. Why let that happen? And they basically say, the king said to do it, so we're, we're gonna do it. They almost don't understand why Jamie you know, would even question that, but it's like he has a regent. And this actually is something that's brought up in, um, oh, back in the histories. I forget which king it is, but he wants to marry his sister, and they go off and they kind of do their own thing. And basically, um, it's, yeah, like the king's the, the Kingsguard, um, oh gosh, I just, they, do they listen to, to, to the king or do they listen to the queen regent or who, who are they supposed to, Take orders from, you know, so Joffrey could have been a, someone that um, ordered that hit, if you will. But really, I think just so folks know, if you missed last week's conversation, Littlefinger seemingly is a guy who has tried to take Tyrion down a couple of times. And, and the one weird thing about this is you, you talk about the connection that sir mandan moore has to the veil but yet both members john aaron and i forget the other uh guy who's close to the veil. neither one of those members were particularly fond of of sir mandan the more more yeah you know
2: so I, I don't know right yeah yeah interesting um okay as uh we we'll go a little bit further here so again just sort of playing on that um building building the suspense here. She's freaking out about Sir Ilyn coming to get me. Um, oh gods, an old woman wailed. We're lost. The battle's lost. She's running. Several children are crying. They can smell the fear. Sansa, Sansa founds, finds herself alone on the dais. Uh, she should stay here or run after the queen and plead for her life. She never knew why she got to her feet, but she did. Um, so again, there's sort of another indicator to this chapter where it's like, hey, just like we've seen with these Tyrion chapters, I don't the next thing you knew I was here. So it's almost like, mm-hmm. again, uh, building that sort of, I guess, unreliability. If, if you want to go with that, don't be afraid. told them loudly. The queen has raised the drawbridge. This is the safest place in the city. There's thick walls, the moat, the spikes. Um, she starts uh, people start demanding. They tell her what's happening. She's saying Joffrey's going to come back for us. Uh, You know, she's lying. The last was a lie. She's saying, I know they'll fight bravely. All of this stuff. She, she commands Moon Boy to make them laugh. He does a cartwheel, uh, you know, sort of, sort of this thing. Sansa goes to Lancel and kneels beside him. Um, Madness, he gasps. Gods, the imp was right. He was right. Um, Help him. Sansa commands two of the serving men. Um, so she's in here kind of running things. And then she's starting to think to herself, you know, I'm soft and weak and stupid. Just as Joffrey said, I should be killing him, not helping him. Thinking of Lancel. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, then she starts to go uh, command some more things. Her daughter's climbed the dais while all of his eyes were, while well, all eyes were on the other fool. Go back to your bedchamber, sweet John Quill. He whispered, lock yourself in. You'll be safe there. She says, "Someone will come for me." Sansa thought, but will it be you or will it be Sir Ilan? For a mad moment, she thought of begging Dantas to defend her. He had been a knight too, trained with a sword. Then um, she goes, "No, he has not the courage nor the skill. I would only be killing him as well." Took all of her strength to walk uh, slowly from the queen's ballroom, where she wanted, when she wanted to run. When she reached the steps, though, she does run, um, and this is because she was trying to sort of stay you know, looking, playing the part, not to, not to sort of frighten anybody else. Um, her bedchamber was black as pitch. Sansa barred the door. Um, when she ripped back the drapes, uh, her breath caught in her throat. The southern sky was a whirl with glowing, shifting colors, the reflections of the great fires that burned yellow. Uh, green tides moved against the bellies of the cloud and pools of orange light so there's fire you know the emerald and jades of wildfire all of this stuff is going on um she backs away from the window thinking i'll go to sleep um and then something stirred behind her a hand reached out of the dark and grabbed her she opened her mouth to scream but another hand clapped down on her face little bird i knew you'd come the voice was a drunken rasp um and then she the, then the light sort of is in there and it fades um uh, and he was only a hulking darkness in a stained white cloak. If you scream, I'll kill you. Believe that. He took his hand from her mouth. Her breath was uh, was uh, becoming ragged. The hound had a flagon of wine. Don't you want to ask who's winning the battle, little bird? Who, she says. I only know who's lost. Me. Uh, he is drunken than I've ever seen him. What have you lost? He says, all. The burnt half of his face with a mask of dried blood bloody dwarf should have killed him years ago. He's dead they say. Dead? No, bugger that. I don't want him dead. Um, I want him burned. If the gods are good, they'll burn him, but I won't be here to see. I'm going. And then so I'm going to leave, I'm going to get out of here. You promised me a song. She didn't know what that means. It says everything scares you. Um you know, look at me. Look at me. Uh the blood mass the worst of his stars. His eyes were white with with white and wide uh and terrifying, the burnt corner of his mouth twitched and twitched again Sansa so I could smell him, a stink of sweat and sour wine and stale vomit and all over the reek of blood, blood, blood. He says, I can keep you safe. You know, they're afraid of me. No one would hurt you. He yanked her closer. And for a moment, she thought he meant to kiss her. He was too strong to fight. She closed her eyes, wanting it to be over. But nothing happened. Still can't bear to look, can you? She heard him say he gave her um he gave her arm a hard wrench, pulling her around and shoving her down to the bed. I'll have that song. His dagger was out, poised at her throat. Sing, little bird, sing for your little life. Her throat was d- uh, dry and tight with fear and every song she had ever known fled from her mind. Please don't kill me. She wanted to scream. Please don't. And so it goes on, then she sorts of the gentle mother front of mercy is the song she's hearing. So now you have a, a, a scene where the hound is uh, you know, in forcefully throwing Sansa around to the bed and everything like that. Um, and this will come into sort of the, again, the reliability of this of this chapter, right? Which is later she thinks that she did kiss the hound. Here she thinks, here we don't see that happen. So like, what exactly is actually going on here? Well, yeah,
1: so that's 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 um, that's the question. Is it a and I guess at this point we can just you want to just full on go in. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So we have a situation where Sansa shows up and into her bedchamber. Sandor is there. He's fled the battle. He's bleeding and he knew she would come. He wants his song. Why? First of all, Sir Matt, why is he there? What's his motivation? Why didn't he just leave the city right away? What does he want? Right. Um, one of the things in, in, in an earlier chapter, and I know folks are gonna—we don't know necessarily what happened in this moment. There's lots of speculation. Some of it good, some of it love story, some of it much more um, assault and things uh, basically that were hinted at Rape. in. I mean, if you want to ra- go, I mean, yes, you wanna, yeah, yeah, things that were hinted at that like what happens during the like Cersei kept saying the things that would happen. You know, two young women in the city, um, young and old, right? I mean that this is something that right. happens. This this fever, whatever. This this, what, it's I don't know what you would call it. It's terrible, right? But that right. this happens during a siege, and so a lot of people have said maybe this is a coping mechanism. Maybe she frames this all in her mind, this this romantic mind of hers, that this is a. Uh, a kiss that that didn't happen, because George is basically only said that the kiss didn't happen. Didn't say other things didn't happen, right? You know, and then, then he then he lays down a, a bloody cloak, a white, you like, know, you know what I'm saying? So Matt, like the pure white cloak, right? The innocence, and then it's bloodstained, mm-hmm. and that's what he tore off, and that's what he left in her bedchamber. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that would uh, indicate that that what the hound did here is not good, but she's romanticized it. Because it's what she has done. She's grown up, and she's a very young uh,
2: girl. Right, and 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 it should be it should be noticed and I will say that the, um, the nature of the kiss also changes over the story because it's brought up a few different times. Yes, yeah, go over that. Yeah. So the first time it's brought up is in a storm of swords. So Sansa comes to. This is from the wiki. Sansa comes to remember the scenario slightly differently, remembering that Sandor Clegane also kissed her. Um, This is from a uh, Storm of Storm's chapter. Mega couldn't sing, but she was mad uh, to be kissed. She and Allah played a kissing game sometimes, she confessed, but it wasn't the same as kissing a man, much less a king. Sansa wondered what Mega would uh, think about kissing the hound as she had. He'd come to her the night of the battle, stinking of wine and blood. He kissed me and threatened to kill me and made me sing a song. So there you have a scenario in which that's not necessarily a romantic kiss. Yeah, that's still sort of a a sort of forceful kiss, which still, I mean, that goes along with it. But again, reliability of the narrator or maybe she's changing it because she's remembering it differently. Regardless, it's a bad situation. Um, And she's saying he kissed me. So maybe so adding something in her mind that didn't happen. But regardless, then the hound remembers it differently. Um, The hound is this is a chapter. um, This is from let me see here. A Storm of Swords, Aria 13, chapter 74. This is when the Hound is running around with Aria. Um, In contrast, as he lays dying, Sandor thinks of the song Sansa had sung to him, but doesn't mention a kiss. He tells Aria Stark, and the little bird, your pretty sister. I stood there in my white cloak and let them beat her. I took the bloody song. She never gave it. I meant to take her, too. I should have. I should have to her body and ripped her heart out before leaving her for that Dwarf. So there he doesn't think that he kissed her, but he's obviously thinking he should do far worse than what actually happened in the first place. Again, um, in Feast for Crows, we continue on here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Eerie, Sansa thinks of the unkiss again. Um, this is from this is from Elaine 2, which is Sansa, right? Mm-hmm. A Feast for Crows, Chapter Forty One. As the boy's lips touched her own, she found herself thinking of another kiss. She could still remember how it felt, with his cruel mouth pressed down on her own. She had come, he had come to Sansa in the darkness as green fire filled the sky. He took a song and a kiss and left me nothing but a bloody cloak. Um, she then thinks of it again. Yeah, this is from A Feast for Crows, Lane Two. Same thing. She thought, of how Tyrion, she thought of Tyrion and of the Hound and how he'd kissed her and gave her a nod. Um, and so then you have quotes by George R. R. Martin. You'll see in A Storm of Swords in later volumes that Sansa remembers the Hound kissing her the night he came to her bedroom. But if you look at the scene, he never does. That will eventually mean something, but now it's just a subtle touch, something most of the readers may not even pick up on. Um, file this one under Unreliable Narrator and feel free to ponder its meaning so George confirms that it's sort of an unreliable narrator um, thing now there's definitely a lot of fan art and stuff that shows it potentially as even more of a romanticist but I don't see any of that sort of in any of the text but it does her nature of how she describes it over the course of books it does make it seem a little less and less I don't know. I guess, you know, it's 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 less it, it suddenly and it could just be because of the this, the description of the of the chapter and what's going on. But, you know, it starts out and it's, you know, he comes, he throws me down and, and then kisses me and threatening threatening to kill me. And then later it's like he left me with only a kiss and a bloody cloak. Yeah. So one so that's, when- that's far less than, you know, he's potentially trying to rape me and kill me. I mean, it's still bad, but the context of it changes and changes and changes
1: yeah too and actually in, in, inside of that um aria is trying to when she's talking when the hound you know says that about her sister she's trying to almost like get the hound to do something she, she, she's i forget what she's doing that she's pestering goading him in some way or whatever and that that you can add that to you know why he says what he says or amplifies what he says you know how the the hound throughout all of this is just cursing and just always he's just a you know, he's a hound. He's he's the hound. Um, One more thing here too. So I, some, some folks will say that the, that the unkiss or misremembering the kiss or whatever is representing, there's a theme with, with Sansa and it's not even just the kiss, but that there are times where like, here's one of the quotes. um, uh, It's about her losing her mind a little bit and that she's starting to have maybe some mental health issues or, or uh, PTSD or, or whatever. PTSD, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, let's see. She realizes that... She, one of the t- one time she says, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. Sansa realized my head is all a tumult. Um, when Sansa opened her eyes again, she was on her knees. She did not remember falling. Some things were hard to remember, remember but most came back to her easily, as if she had been there only yesterday. So there are clues not a lot of them, but maybe that she's blacked out a few times or that she's starting to become overwhelmed with memories and emotions. And you can imagine why, right? She sees her father beheaded. Um, She's possibly assaulted by the hound at King's Landing. Um, She is assaulted by King's guard members in front of Joffrey. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And she, so a lot of terrible things happen. She's, she's mocked and she is made fun of, um, during her own wedding mocked constantly by joffrey and talked down to by by cersei completely all of her friends and family were killed right septa uh, her septum was killed her best friend jane Poole is taken away she thinks she's dead aria is dead as far as she knows um it's terrible she goes through a terrible amount of things and so you can see how a person like that when you think about it, how, how young she is she would maybe start to lose her mind a little bit or almost like some vengeance or some whatever, like whatever we're going to see from Sansa, whatever drastic, I think it's gonna be drastic. I think there's going to be some pretty, um, drastic changes in, in her character. And yeah, she goes from this girl who's singing songs and reading the fairy tales and the stories and loves to romanticize things and grows up and reality hits her very hard. And she's this innocent who is totally, um, you know, uh, changed by the war and by all the things that have happened to her and her family. So I don't right. know. You take that take that into consideration when you start making the Sansa predictions for Winds of Winter <laughs> and what might happen with her. Because I think about this unkissed thing, and I think about the hound coming back and her having some confrontation. A lot of people think Littlefinger might try. You know, he forced a kiss on Sansa, right? So right. that's what prompted the whole Lysa out the moon door situation, and he forced that on to Sansa. So is he going to do that again? I think probably. And it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden something snaps and she does have a clarity moment where she remembers exactly what happened to the Hound or uh, you know um with, between her and, and and the Hound. And also, Matt, um something that happens in the series is like a lot of times uh gosh, Marjorie Tyrell, so basically she's been betrothed to um Renly and Joffrey and the maesters check to see whether or not her maiden has her maidenhead is 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 intact if Sansa is promised off to someone else it wouldn't surprise me if they go if if there's some revelation where she thinks back about the hound and that whole night and it really was um like assault and rape and that won't George has said he won't write that scene. He wouldn't do that, and that's not something he's going to do. But he would allude to it, and he would just need right. to do one simple line where she thinks about the hound, and you know uh, that that night in in clarity, and then you know yeah. So I kind of think that's what it is. I, I kind of fall under that, you know. Seemingly, is his way of it's his way of of saying these are the some of the terrible things that happen in war and it happened to one of our favorite characters a, a girl that we you know we're behind the starks we we are rooting for her and this is a terrible thing that happened to her and how is that going to affect her so
2: yeah yeah it's yeah it's it i mean it, it's the whole thing the whole situation is just it's crazy because i'm reading i'm i'm looking at reddit theories here to see what people are what people are saying to see what all they think of what all they think about it. Um, some people are questioning whether she has PTSD. It's like, I don't know, man. Sansa might Sansa of all people might go through the most amount of stuff. I mean, she sees her father beheaded right in front of her. Um, you know, she loses her sister, Arya. She thinks that Joffrey's going to be, she's tormented by Joffrey. Um, and then, um, you know, she's forced to marry Tyrion and Cersei's mean to her. And, so, so much stuff. And then she's, you know, drug around with Littlefinger. Um, again, now her story, uh, you know, I think a lot of us are going to think of the show where she's forced into marrying Ramsey. And God, that's just awful. Awful. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Awful. That, that to me, that is like the, I still question some, I don't know. I go so back and forth on that in the show and the decision to even, but. To, to do that. And I guess on, on one hand, I'm like, it, it shines light on the fact that this stuff happens and it's probably happened, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's so on you're, your shining side of light. I mean, it's, it's just, Oh yeah. No. that I mean, the, the, I guess the decision to, I'm glad I was not in the writer's room when they are like, what are we going to do here? Cause again, that none of that even happens in the books. Like, none right. of, like that whole well, the whole thing with the whole thing with Ramsey, that none of that even happens. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Right. So my my thought is what I think they did, and I think what Dan and Dave did, is George gave them bullet points. And it, and it, one of them is just that Sansa, you know, was or is raped at some point. And they said, Well, this is the arc we have her on. Where which pathway, which character could that happen to, and should we throw that in the show? like maybe that's what they did. Maybe they took one of the points that George gave them and said, well, we know that's going to happen in the books. So let's go ahead and weave it into this new arc that we've created for Sansa, which is crazy. I don't know. Like I, why do that in the show? If it's not going to happen in the book, that's just so, I don't know. I know Jane pool and the, you know, all the terrible stuff that she went through. And maybe that's, you know, some of that more has to do with Ramsey and showing us how terrible he is.
2: But yeah. Um, yeah i'm trying to look here to see what some of the theories are and a lot of it's just a lot of it is is ptsd um maybe trying to sort of make the situation think about the situation in a better light right with like sort of the like will he kiss me and so maybe sort of romanticize it so it's less um bad i guess some people say Stockholm syndrome you know this whole there's a there's a whole lot of thing of it um i mean i guess maybe the other thing is i guess you think about it with George has a reason. Maybe it not. Maybe it's not even necessarily for this kiss, right? This maybe like the kiss is just to sort of set up the idea of Sansa being an unreliable narrator, and that's gonna play into something later. Like, but it has nothing necessarily to do with this kiss. But it's more just to be like, oh, hey, that's not how this went down. So you then have to sort of look at the, look at the lens of a lot of the events and say well are we sure this is what actually happens mm-hmm. sort of like we did last week when we sort of analyzed a little bit of this tyrian stuff and said well are we sure this is exactly how it happens and then we need to sort of question what characters see in their point of view in the first place right yeah yeah it might it might not it might not necessarily it might not necessarily be this specific event this specific event is one thing but it's like that's not the purpose of it the purpose is to now you can say well if she's unreliable here or a k or a a point of view character is unreliable here then any point of view character could be unreliable at any point
1: yeah and that's what i'll say too it, it it comes and goes you can't they can't all just be you know telling lies and nothing's true and everything the entire time chaos right, right yeah so and even in the chapter, we get some actual events, some facts some things that take place and it, it you know, all, all works out. There's a reason why. And so when you think about like what, what is the reason why she's misremembering this or, or she's turned it into a, a good thing. I mean, a lot of times you don't want to think about a bad memory. This is a coping thing. You don't want to dwell on that or have that be something that, that sticks with you. So you change it in your mind. You alter it uh, in a way that you can handle and process. And I kind of think that's that's what she did. And I go back to uh, the Kingsguard blood-stained cloak that he left her. Right, and that's that's really what for me what solidified it. And uh,
2: yeah, so and ultimately, where do we go from there? Okay, yeah. awesome. All right, well, okay. The rest of this chapter as finishes up really quick here. Um, wow, when the battle is won. Yeah. Right. Sort of surprisingly out of nowhere, uh, Tywin Lannister shows up, Randall Tarly, Mace Tyrell and the ghost of Renly. hmm. hmm.
1: Yeah. And so there's there's the thing. Littlefinger comes through. Right. I mean, and and this is back just real quickly to the to the Moore thing when he leaves, he's trying to Tyrion has shocked him a couple times. Tyrion has. Uh, uh, gosh, was it Marcella? Um, Baratheon, he promised to, uh, betroth her to sweet Robin, totally lied to Littlefinger, played him. Littlefinger hated that, didn't like that. So there's a lot of stuff, uh, going on between those two. And I think he would want to take him out. So, but Littlefinger is the guy who went and negotiated this whole, uh, situation for the Tyrells. He wins Harrenhal from it and the Tyrells swoop in there. And now they're in league with the Lannisters, two richest families kind of in Westeros, are allied up together and looking like they're going to be sitting on the
2: throne. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Awesome. Okay. As well, uh, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Next time we're back with the Daenerys chapter where phew, artisan Whitebeard shows up. It's going to be, it's, and we're talking about the song of ice and, Fire, guys. So, yeah, let us know. Should just comment Um, as Ez I are saying, you know, we're as is on vacation, but when he gets back, uh, some sort of changes here are going to be coming across the Matt and Ez media network, right? As mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's right, like more con. There's gonna be quite a bit more content posted. We're going to sort of how do we maximize the amount of content we push out? I guess is sort of the uh the way to do it and how do we do it in ways that get you more content more often because that seems to be what people ask for. Um, and so looking at that, so guys let us know. Um, and in fact, we were thinking about the way we do it over on here's the horn is we do like a block of chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're thinking maybe when we hit a storm of swords, we might do a block of chapters. You might get one where it's, Hey, one or two, it doesn't have to be a chapter by chapter. Um, So just let us know if you guys want follow up Friday back or some things like that, where we've talked about doing YouTube live, doing a lot, some of these more, Hey, we're down for doing the the show live, streaming it on YouTube. uh, And you guys can participate while we're recording the episodes. There's all sorts of cool stuff we can do there um, with YouTube chat and, and stuff like that too. So you can interact with us as we're recording. So just a lot of things. So shoot us a email at btkcast and guys just let us know what, what all you interested what all do you want
1: yeah and also uh don't forget follow us on social media so you can follow matt at, at super gains uh follow me at womprat underscore 2m and a lot of you guys already do and and you guys message us and, and i try to get back to everybody if i see you in the request folder it just takes a second uh, for me to go in there and kind of find it um but Yes, yeah, send us a message and I would love to chat with you about format ideas. If you have ideas for the show, things you want us to talk about on the show. I think that'll be fantastic. So I'm I'm uh, you know excited to see what we want to, you know,
2: change here moving forward. So Absolutely. All right, guys, with that we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing chapter sixty three, Daenerys Five of a Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to
1: subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
2: We will see you in a week and remember that winter is coming.